0: The Fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, Hey Siri, play WFAN. Sports Radio, 101.9 FM. The Fan,
1: WFAN.
2: Good Thanksgiving morning, New York sports fans. I am Danielle McCartan, and thank you for making me part of your Thanksgiving Day today. If you are in the kitchen preparing a feast for today... If you're en route to your party destination, if you're leaving the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, is it over yet? I don't know. I haven't been watching. Not this year. Or maybe you're just hanging out. Maybe you're just tuning in. Thank you for choosing me and us, Mike Fliegelman and I, to kick off your holiday today. We'll be talking all things New York sports for the next two hours and live in studio. Here we are. Give me a call at 877-337-6666. Mike Fliegelman and I are coming to you live from the Town Fair Tire Studio here in Lower Manhattan. Our friends at Town Fair Tire remind you that at Town Fair, you always get the guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut all the way up to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. And you guys know that number. is already pre-programmed into your speed dials. 877-337-6666. Because today is all about football. At 1120 a.m. Odyssey's NFL insider Jason LaCanfora will join us to preview the slate of Thanksgiving Day games. He's going to make his picks and to make a detailed look at the state of the Giants and to discuss the future of Zach Wilson in Gotham Green. Insider calls are brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real, proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. to show off start to show off and, and like I've done my prior Thanksgiving shows on this station in the past like by talking about what some of our teams are thankful for but this year I don't know and I, I've thought about this for like two days real critically too I don't know if there's much to say I mean Major League Baseball the sport is on the precipice of a lockout but well, okay let's look at the Yankees more locally and just recently Hal Steinbrenner demonstrated that he does not get it. He actually supported MLB's proposal to lower the luxury tax, saying, there's a quote, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Like, what? I mean, I understand looking out for the good of the league, but think about the situation that your team is in. It hasn't even seen a World Series since 2009, never mind won one, and your team is in team payroll, and I'm doing air quotes here, salary cap hell, and you support a proposal to further render your team non-competitive. How could you support a policy that directly prevents you from being great again? I mean, Brian Cashman, the guy who single-handedly saddled the team with these outlandish contracts. And I still can't figure out what formula or what eye test he used to calculate Aaron Hicks's seven-year, $70 million deal. But even he gets it. In October, Cashman said that many recent baseball collective bargaining agreements were targeted to, this is a quote from Cashman, prevent the Yankees from being the Yankees. At least least he understands that. He should pick up the phone and call his owner to fill him in, too. To the Mets. Well, the Mets have the richest owner in the entire sport of baseball, and yet, what are they thankful for? I mean, they hired their 12th choice for general manager, Billy Epler. Like the 12th choice that everyone knows of publicly. There could be more that no one even knows about in addition to the 11 men and women that the Mets expressed interest in before settling on Epler. Can you imagine that you asked 11 girls to prom and the 12th one finally said yes? Would you be happy with number 12 as you would have been with the first couple that you asked? No. Come on. Don't lie to yourself. Not to mention, Billy Epler is a guy that I've raised a few red flags on. I detailed it in one of my most recent Instagram posts, at Coach McCartan there too. And not to mention that the Mets gave him a four-year contract on top of all of that. The team doesn't even have a manager yet. If I were a big name, big ticket, big money, free agent, looking for a long-term deal, until the Mets have a manager in place, until I know who is going to be, I'm going to be reporting to on a day-to-day basis, I'm not even going to talk with that team. Okay, you look at the football teams around here. What are they thankful for? This was hard. I mean, the Jets, they're 2-8. and They're going to miss the playoffs for an 11th straight year. They're going to finish with a losing record for the 6th straight year. And there really isn't much hope for them, at least in the short term. I mean, these Jets have had a historically bad defense. I saw this this morning. The, The Jets' defense has given up more points in their last four games than the 2,000 Ravens gave up in their entire season. And the Jets have an offense predicated on a rookie quarterback who, at the time of his knee injury, was tied for the league lead in interceptions. He's going to be back this weekend against the Texans in what should be, should be, a really winnable game for the Jets. We'll see what happens. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but today is the anniversary of one of the darkest days in Jets history. One of those where were you moments. It was a play that the NFL's own YouTube channel called, and this is directly from their YouTube channel. This is a quote. Easily one of the worst plays in quarterback Mark Sanchez's career and in the history of the NFL, end quote. Yup, it actually said in the history of the NFL. Six years ago, tonight was the infamous butt fumble Down 14-0 to the Patriots. What else is new? With nine minutes left in the first half, Mark Sanchez took off running like a bat out of hell directly into the rear end of 305-pound offensive lineman Brandon Moore. He not only did that, he fumbled the ball, but then Steve Gregory picked it up for the scoop and score. I remember where I was at that moment, and I turned the TV off, got off the couch, went up the steps, and went to bed. The Giants. Uh, I mean, okay, maybe they're a little bit more thankful. I mean, but the Giants are doing their best impression of the Jets at the moment. And not in a good way. Because the biggest similarity between the two teams, the Giants have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who is on track now, officially, to learn his third different offense in four years as a starter. I'm counting next season in, right? Because Jason Garrett won't be back. Which is much like Sam Darnold. Is Daniel Jones the guy? Isn't he the guy? That's a bad spot to be in in season number three right now, especially with all of the change happening and poised to happen around him. I still think that he is the guy. I can imagine a world, though, in which Daniel Jones, like Sam Darnold, could be the casualty of just a new regime's arrival because the Giants also have major uncertainty at the very top of their organization on down. Dave Gettleman is skating on thin ice. Many people don't believe in the head coach, Joe Judge. And I'm not really sure how Jason Garrett was the first domino to fall in that coaching staff. Patrick Graham's body of work this season hasn't been much better. I mean, is it just me? I mean, you know I'm pretty positive. Why is it so hard to come up with a reason for these teams to be thankful this year? But in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I did the best I could. Here's all I could come up with after racking my brains for the past two days. Maybe something in the same order we're going to go. Maybe something the Yankees could be thankful for is the fact that they're always seen as a viable option for the market's top talent. I mean, more specifically at shortstop and at first base. I mean, Rizzo, Olsen, Voigt, Seager, Story, Simeon, not Correa, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe the Yankees could also be thankful for the fact that one of the faces of baseball, Aaron Judge, said just three or four days ago that he, quote, wants to be a Yankee for the next 10 years, end quote. You know, essentially, since he'll be turning 30 in April, he he went to college, I think. That's why he's a little bit later in the game here. But he'll be th- turning 30 in April, and that means he's going to be a Yankee for life. And, and that's a good thing, right, Yankees fans? Maybe something the Mets could be thankful for is the fact that they do finally have someone in place to spend Steve Cohen's millions. Is that person the right one? Well... I'm not positive, but at least they've got someone to commandeer the Mets ship ahead of the, the, the looming lockout. They also did do it, in my opinion, the right way. General manager first, manager next. Maybe something the Jets could be thankful for, and I'll be honest, this was the hardest one, is this. Robert Salas said that he and general manager Joe Douglas are aligned on a really, really concise plan on how to build from the ground up. That's what he said. He also said, I respect the heck out of the urgency from the fans and the wanting to flip this thing. But in fairness, this is the first time this fan base is actually experiencing something like this. It's usually been a quick fix followed by a scramble. This is an actual plan. Okay, so what's the plan? Because since it was created in January of 2020, the Jets have been 4-21. and Four in twenty-one. Salah explains it as you inject your team with youth, you get on the football field, you let them grow all through all their lumps and you let them get their experience. Eventually, they'll start triggering and all that explosive ability will unleash. Uh I hope you're right, coach. Based on the snap counts and the NFL data though, the Jets are expected to improve by exactly four wins next season. And it could be as much as seven if they follow the Cleveland Browns trajectory. So that's something to be thankful for. The feeling out of one Jets drive is that the plan is working. It sounds like something out of the pinky and the brain. Remember that show? But apparently they're going to be super competitive between the years 2023 and 2028. At least they have a target date, right? It's been a literal generation, 52 years since the Jets won the Super Bowl and were relevant. So what's another year and a half? And something that the Giants could be thankful for is the fact that they're they're starting to make what they hope are meaningful personnel changes. These next seven games, which is still a good chunk of the season, will reveal the long-term direction of this franchise. Was Jason Garrett actually holding this offensive back? Or is it that the offense is all right, but the defense gives up too much throughout the course of a single game? Is defensive coordinator Patrick Graham next? Will the Giants' record over these next seven games dictate in terms of the futures of head coach Joe Judge and general manager Dave Gettleman? For the Giants, surprisingly, there seem to be so many more questions and answers at this juncture. But thankful, grateful from an organizational standpoint that they're starting to figure it out now, that they are not waiting till this offseason and in turn next season to see if any of these changes are actually going to work or not. And maybe, just maybe, the New York Giants could be thankful for the newly created extra wild card spot. Hey, the Washington football team is still considered in the hunt at four and six. If the Giants were to have any chance to put those three words, in the hunt, next to their name in the standings, it needs to start With a win against the Eagles. But that's it. For the Yankees, Mets, Giants, and Jets. That's all I could think of. Call me up and help me. And on the personal level, today, I reflect upon how thankful I am for my health. For the health of my family. For mom's lasagna. And for stretchy pants. But you know who won't be having a happy Thanksgiving? Jason Garrett and his family. Which is sad. But it had to happen. Come on. Come on.
3: That's just the way it is Things
2: will never be the same Giants offense coordinator Jason that's Garrett just that's just the way it is. a Princeton University graduate is out after 26 games in New York under Garrett the Giants offense ranked cumulatively you know it's like pick your stat. they were the best one I found was 20th in yards per carry. This is throughout his tenure. They were 28th in yards per pass attempt, 28th in yards per play, 30th in points scored, and and the list goes on. What I thought was crazy that the Giants never scored 30 points or more as an offensive unit during Jason Garrett's tenure, not once. So how much of that is on the coach versus how much of that is on the players? Well, Giants fans are going to get a good look this weekend with the Freddie Kitchens offense. And new for Daniel Jones at practice yesterday – A quarterback play-calling sleeve. The last time that a Tom Brady team lost three games in a row was the year 2002. And they snapped the streak against the Bills that year. And And that game, Brady went off, you know, 265 yards, three touchdowns, quarterback rating, which was 11 points shy of perfect. And we talked last week of how it can go either way for the Giants. And it went the wrong way. Tom Brady this past Monday night, 307 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and a quarterback rating of 90. Not quite the 2002 Bills, but good nonetheless for him. In that game, you had Saquon Barkley doing absolutely nothing, running into his own lineman. The Giants defensive line playing legit patty cake with the Bucks offensive linemen throughout the entire game. And the plain Jane Giants defense doing nothing to disguise coverages at all against the Surgeon General Brady. At halftime, it was 10-10. So I did a quick check-in on Twitter with you, and I asked Giants fans, how you feeling? 18% of you thought that the Giants would somehow pull it off, while well, 82% of you guys knew better. You voted no chance. Majority ruled. You knew that this Giants-Bucks game was over when you look at the Giants' first drive of that second half. It was a fourth and two, and instead of taking the points with a pretty automatic kicker in Graham Gano to make it 17-13, Joe Judge went for it and turned it over on downs. And I was watching the Manning cast at, at this time. Both Eli and Peyton said, you got to go for it. Well, Judge did, and it didn't work out. Not that it mattered in the end. The Giants ended up losing by 20 Tom Brady dropped back to pass 49 times in that game and was not sacked a single time. And and at one point, an exasperated Eli Mannings commented. He said, he's sitting back there. He's sitting back there all day. So much for Leonard Williams channeling his inner Michael Strahan, huh? The Siri, try again, says Siri about the Giants. (laughs) And then an exasperated... You know, Eli Manning, you got Leonard Williams channeling his inner Michael Strahan, not really. Daniel Jones has now dropped to 0-8 in his primetime starts, winless, and the Bucks are now only one of two undefeated teams at home for the 2021 season, the Packers being the other team. So with all of that said, (laughs) happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and let's get it going. I have set the Thanksgiving buffet table for you. Can't wait to talk with you. 877-337-6666. Take your pick. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan in New York City.
0: Your official station to talk chess. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app.
2: In the daytime here on The Fan in New York City, I am Danielle McCartan with you on a short show, a short turnaround, till 12 p.m. on this Thanksgiving this Thanksgiving morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Tune in to my show right now. I appreciate you choosing me to be part of your holiday today. You know, um, for many years, there has been a tradition in my town and in a neighboring town of an annual Thanksgiving Day game. Actually, my town, Dumont, New Jersey, has played Tenafly High School every year Since 1949 on Thanksgiving morning. And this morning, like right now they're kicking off, is the 72nd or maybe 73rd installment of the rivalry game. And you know, that's pretty cool. As far as I know, maybe I'm wrong, but there are only four high school Thanksgiving games left across the state of New Jersey. And this, my towns, still being one of them. So I just remember being in the band, you know, remember trumpet. Remember when I played taps for the Mets and the Yankees when their season ended. Actually, come to think of it, I should start getting my trumpet ready again for the Jets and the Giants. But, you know, anyway, the dumont Tenafly Thanksgiving game was always part of my Thanksgivings, you know, growing up and being in the band and, and then with my brother. And then kickoff is uh, one minute ago, so go, Dumont. Of course, there is you listening right now that you may be headed out to or on your way home from your flag football or your touch football game on your local field. So, I mean, food, family. And football. What a beautiful holiday Thanksgiving is. We'll go to your phones, your calls on the phones at 877 337 6666 in the order that everybody called here. Uh, let's go first to Lake Mary, Florida. And Michael, you're up on the fan.
4: Hey, coach, happy Thanksgiving. Happy
2: Thanksgiving.
4: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know you got a short show today, so I wanted to really get this really quick with the Giants because yeah. we talk about all these stats, right, that are just so blaringly bad for us. The number one that's killing me is that red zone efficiency. Yep. Last Dead in the league. last.
2: Yep. Dead last. Last. I mean, you
4: you go get Rudolph. You go get Galladay. You never see you never see any any action to these guys. I'm hoping that with this change going on that the playbook gets opened up a little bit. But honestly, this is the audition for the rest of the season. It's who are we going to keep? What are we going to do? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Judge, you know, made the move. I give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's got to change. But. Anyway, Coach, listen, you have a great Thanksgiving and uh, best to your family, okay? Oh, thanks.
2: You too, Mike. I appreciate it.
4: Right.
2: What's going to change for this Giants team? That's a great question. Um, what I would like to see, and I-, I was talking with my dad last night. I slept over their house last night. I was thinking of, okay, Daniel Jones. What I would love to see, and I'm looking right now again at Daniel Jones' next-gen stats, his stats, next-generation stats, his quarterback rating. On throws that are beyond 20 yards to the left, the middle, and the right of the field. He is well above league average. And over the middle, he's literally perfect or almost perfect. 20 yards over the middle, Daniel Jones is almost perfect. And my dad was like, oh, well, maybe he's only thrown one or two balls there. Maybe. Okay. All right. So I looked. Daniel Jones in his career, 20 yards in the middle of the field is almost double the league average that's the part of the field that i would like to see exposed or exploited by this giants offense moving forward and i'm not i'm no offensive coordinator i'm just a person that has a brain and it can and can read a, a, a quarterback chart that's where i would like to see i would like to see Kadarius tony sprinting down over the middle hitting him in stride there Kenny Galladay over the middle. I mean, he's known for his, his contested catches. That's what I'm looking for on this Sunday. And, of course, predictions and everything. I'll, I'll be back with you on fr- Saturday. Saturday at 4 p.m. So we can get more in-depth on that. But that is the number one thing that I would like to see changed between a, a Freddie Kitchen's off run offense, if he's in fact the one calling the plays, versus a Jason Garrett offense. Okay, back to the phones. Uh, let's go. Kevin in Camden, you are up next on The Fan.
5: Happy Thanksgiving, Coach. You too, Kevin. I was about the Giants because, like I said, this—I'm happy Gary is fired. Uh, I, I, I actually celebrated. I, I was—I was on my way home and I—I <laughs> was on my way home from work and I heard they got fired. I was like, "Yeah." But but um no. But back to this game. Um, it was terrible. Uh, Daniel Jones threw one of the worst. I mean, I—I I, I don't even know. I'm still trying to get over that. One of the worst interceptions right to yeah. McClendon. I was like, "You've, gotta be, you you've got to was- be."
2: Kevin, he, he, he panicked in the pocket. He didn't know what to do. And we talked about this last week. Take yeah. the sack. Take the sack. Don't try to wing it. I mean, that was like the most ill-advised throw in the history of Giants history ever.
5: It was all good. Didn't he, and, I, and I, I could be wrong, but I remember calling you. I think it was the day after la- last year they played the Bucks. And I told you, take the sack. Why didn't you take it? It's the same thing. He's he's not learning. He's not progressing for me.
2: But almost, I mean, Ke- Kevin, it almost feels to me that, that that's a guy that seems like the, he has to, he feels like he has to put the whole team on his back to try to get a win. Because with Saquon Barkley in there, let's be honest. Oh, i, I I've, I've, I've lost my faith in him. Awful. Barkley's,
5: that I, I was horrible. Looking back on it. I, I, want, I wanted him back at the time, being honest with you, but I, now it's, it's horrible.
2: Me too. I'm with you on I, that. It, I thought it, it was a good pick because at the time the Giants were—they were going for it. They had Eli Manning. You know, they, they were going to make a one last run.
5: And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this team. I, I don't. I definitely don't think they're making the playoffs. I want to see some improvement. I don't think it's going to be enough to save Gettleman. I don't think it's going to be enough to save. I think that this team needs a do-over. I'm willing to give Jones the rest of the year. If he doesn't show improvement, though, you might have to look about dropping a quarterback. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I want him to improve. I want him to still be the guy. But I just don't see enough. Well,
2: Kevin, and, and that's a good point you bring up there. And, and that's a question a lot of Giants fans are asking themselves is, well, if it's not Daniel Jones, then who is it? Think you're going to lure Russell Wilson here? You, you think you're going to lure, you want Deshaun Watson? I want no part of that. I mean, who, who is it going to be? Aaron Rodgers, come on, come on. I think Daniel Jones, in his in his skill set, I think he is the prototypical 20, 21, 22, and beyond quarterback. I mean, he can run the ball effectively. He can clearly has a deep ball. And when you look at all the other zones, where he struggles is behind the line of scrimmage. Who wants to throw it there anyway? And he struggles to the right, within zero to 10 yards, but everybody has their zones, right? That, that they're not good at. You know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to tweet this out at coach MCC, a N. I'll see if I can get it up on, on Instagram too. And, and on Facebook <laughs> during this commercial, lots, lots of social media channels, but facebook.com slash coach McCartan, Twitter at coach McCartan. And then again on Instagram at, Coach McCartan. Sorry, I'm just doing this right now. So, why don't we do this? I'll, I'll tweet this. You guys can look at Daniel Jones's 20, Oh, sorry, this is the wrong year. Sorry, Daniel Jones's 2021 quarterback rating chart. And you could tell me if this is a guy that you want to build around moving forward or not. 877 337 And here's Boomer Assizing with a Sports Minute. This Odyssey Sports Minute is brought to you by Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey.
0: Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices.
2: Welcome back to Danielle in the Daytime. Maybe you heard he's getting ready for dinner. Thanksgiving dinner. Happy Thanksgiving to you that are tuned in right now here on the radio, on The Fan. I'm with you till... 12 p.m. So we got some time. 877-337-6666 is the number. Uh, So we've gotten ourselves into this Daniel Jones discussion and what what he's going to look like without Jason Garrett. Was Jason Garrett holding him back? Uh, I've put the NFL's Next Gen Stats uh, quarterback rating chart for Daniel Jones across all of my social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. want you to take a look at it, and I want you to tell me what you think is this the quarterback that you're going to be building around for the future uh Junkin Irishman he said okay well that's cuz the giants the, the reason why Daniel Jones is so good over the middle so deep is because the giants are getting blown out and and the other defenses will give them that every single time but i say on the flip side well he's completing the passes he's at, he's completing them he's accurate enough to complete them and then you look at um someone else on twitter oh, i can't think who it was Someone else on Twitter said, okay, well, the Giants should, oh, here it is, Jessica Fendell. she said, you, you you, do need half a decent line to have the time to throw mid to deep passes. The Giants don't have that luxury. And I wrote back, well, sure, that's a great observation. So let's see what would happen if the Giants did have that luxury. So I was a little curious, and we'll get to your calls in a second. Hang in there, 877 I looked at the body of work that Daniel Jones was able to put together before Jason Garrett arrived, And when Mike Shula was still his offensive coordinator, I compared them both, right? So before Jason Garrett and then for Jason Garrett. And I just tried to kind of pick some things to just get a broad kind of picture here of characteristics. Uh, Of course, there are infinite numbers, but I picked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different categories, whether that be throwing the ball um, or rushing the ball. And and here's kind of what I found. And and spoiler alert, the difference between the two wasn't as glaring as I I thought it was going to be quarterback rating was higher before Jason Garrett by like six points the the probably the biggest difference was that Daniel Jones before Jason Garrett was averaging two passing touchdowns per game with Garrett 0.8 before Jason Garrett here's another thing I mean I mean I don't know I, I'm just looking at this and I can tweet this out too and, and send this out to you guys but I don't know I just think that that J- Daniel Jones before Jason Garrett in his 12 starts and general jones with jason garrett in his 24 starts there wasn't really a marked difference except for the number of touchdowns per game. I also uh, here's the other ones I looked at. Rating, touchdowns per game, interceptions per game, completion percentage was almost exactly the same. Yards per attempt was exactly the same. Longest throw was a lot longer before garrett. Rushing yards per game was was, you know, the difference was negligible, but you know, in 12 games before jason garrett Daniel Jones has two game-winning drives. In 24 games with Jason Garrett, he had one. So maybe that's another big difference, too, between the two. I don't know. Uh, For me, I'm keeping Daniel Jones. Uh, For me, Daniel Jones is – he's a serviceable quarterback. I mean, look at what the Jets did with Mark Sanchez. He was a serviceable quarterback with a really good defense. And maybe that's the formula the Giants have to – the blueprint the Giants have to, uh, you know, go with because – but what else is out there, is my question to you. Okay, in the order that you guys called, in my neck of the woods, Artie in Northvale, you're up on the fan. Hey,
4: Coach, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving.
6: Happy
2: Thanksgiving, Artie, what's up? So I just think,
4: you know, a lot of people overlook how important the general manager is. Everyone talks about, you know, Garrett, and everyone talks about Jones and everything else. But the ideology of the Giants for so long since I was a kid was being tough and running, running the ball, having a balanced team, it's been the opposite for years. And this guy, what he's done here is, yes, he's, he has changed the culture. I'll give him that. You heard Call Banks talk about it this week. And mm-hmm. You heard um, Matthias Kimanue talk about it. What they haven't done is in, I'd say, a good, what, four years, no good offensive lineman except for Andrew Thomas, and no good defensive lineman. You could say they made a trade for Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams is on any other team is just average. Mm-hmm. He does not do anything he does he once in a while last year he had a good year because he had a couple other pieces behind him that were rushing the passes. well right we need edge we need edge rushers yeah where are the edge rushers they keep they' saying well we 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 uh we draft the x or Lorenzo Carter those two guys are garbage they are garbage they're below average edge rushers in the NFL and you can't do anything if your old office is going to be on the field because your defense can't stop anybody
2: mm-hmm. that's number one yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's it, that's it goes against the traditional, like you said, the traditional Giants defense. When you think of, hey, Strahan's getting his his number retired this weekend, the Strahan, the human euros. I mean, th- that's what I think this team needs to get back to. I think Dave Gediman kind of gambled and lost on on the you know the home run hitting construction of a football yeah. team.
4: People, people need to be intimidated to come in here because they know they're going to get hit, and then they're going to they're going to be scared to play the Giants. They used to be, and they're not yeah. because they know that they're going to play a deep soft zone. Right. Where, just right. like last week again, horrible. I heard you say Patrick Graham. It's just, it's embarrassing. It's, it's horrible. Like Tom Brady throw eight yard passes, 10 yard passes, 12. And I'm like, well, we'll wait till we get to the goal line and try to stop him. Yeah, right. He'd wait takes too much time off the clock. Yep. The whole defense is tired. Yep. It's embarrassing. It's actually watching it. That's not how I saw Giants football my entire life. Yeah. And, and for Judge, not to, and I, and I like Judge. Like part of me likes him, but he hasn't made those adjustments and taken Patrick Graham aside and said, listen, this is how we play. This right. is not how we win. Right. They're just, they, these teams can do whatever they want. Now, if I can, if I can make one comment about Daniel Jones. Go ahead. All right. Daniel Jones, very good arm talent, okay? he Like you said, very accurate down the field. But if you don't build an offensive line, he has nothing. Correct. He has absolutely nothing. And his second looks? He looks down his receivers. His second looks are awful.
7: Mm. What,
2: about awful. A, what about a running game and how they're so one-dimensional on the offensive side of the ball? How about that? I mean, he's, yeah, there's no I mean, threat. Let's, let, the defenses are just sitting back expecting the pass, and then all of a sudden, oh, let's throw a run in there just just to keep him honest. I mean, it, it's, that's the thing. There is no running game for the Giants, and I know that's connected to the offensive line. The good news right now, if the season ended today, the Giants would have the fifth overall pick in the draft and the seventh overall pick in the draft by way of Chicago. So that's uh, some prime positioning there if you're going to go out and get an edge rusher, I'd say, especially because other teams are going to be looking to get ahead of you to pick a quarterback. Hmm? There's that. Let's go to Leslie in Brooklyn. You're up next on The Fan.
0: Um, Hi, Danielle. Hey. I'm much more optimistic than you are regarding the Mets new general manager and ironically, you're the reason why. <laughs> why because is that? this morning yeah. when I got up and I was wondering who, and I made a list of who would be hosting the program on FAN. And you were my 12th choice. Really? And yet I'm enjoying the program thoroughly.
7: <laughs> I
2: thought you were going to have a backhanded compliment there. Sort of kind of is, but you know what? Who, who are the 11 in front of me?
8: <laughs> there aren't even
2: eleven people here, Leslie. Come on, come on, Leslie. Come on. Now, there's, there's, if if you had, see, well, now now I should be number one, Leslie. If you had eleven people in front of a general manager and really none of them wanted even no part of the team, I mean, I I'm not too optimistic about this. Especially this guy. I don't know. There's some red flags I've got uh, regarding him. There are some question marks. We'll say that I have. Regarding Billy Epler, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, when you look at him and the body of work that he's done, I mean, he's hired some bad people. Mickey, Mickey Calloway worked for him. You know, the team employees supplying opiates to a player that resulted in the death were also worked under him. I mean, the fact that the Angels have missed the postseason every single year since Billy Epler arrived and beyond despite that he had uh, the AL MVP in Mike Trout playing for him for, I think Trout was the MVP three years that he played for Billy Epler. I mean, like all of these things, like your goal is to get to the postseason. And why would you hire your 12th choice who has never gotten there before? And, and, and uh, I mean I don't know I, and then I have questions about this William Morris Endeavor agency I mean is this Brody Van Wagenen 2.0 what was his actual role there I tried to find that and no one has really clearly defined that so those are the question marks that I have about Billy Epler I mean maybe he's great I love his scouting background I love that he learned from Gene Stick Michael but but Herman in Stanford you're up next on the fan
0: yeah good morning happy Thanksgiving happy Thanksgiving Steve. Herman you too I'm glad to talk to you. Danielle, I agree with you. The, the way to describe the Mets is this, pathetic. How dare they claim that they were played by this player? Mm. Did anybody stop them from bidding? Mm. If, if the player could have reasonably thought that while he's waiting for them, they're going to fade and then they're, he's going to lose his contract with the Cardinals. Yeah, you're talking about the uh, Stephen don't Mastis. Get it. Is, yep. They don't get it. When have the, this has gone on since Donald Grant? Stepping up to the plate in the eleventh inning when all the good players are gone, and I don't see and this highlight of this Billy effort they could have gotten where where is Buck showalter? why is he not on the staff now?
2: Well, the thing I would say about Buck showalter and I know Herman that he's got a, he's got a great baseball mind you know and I've talked about this last week I, I just think I just think that players those players in that Mets clubhouse would not be able to relate to him. I look at the Lindor. Lindor, He's going to be there a while. You think he's going to get along with Buck Showalter? Uh, I don't know. And I know it's not about that, right? But but Lindor is going to be there probably longer than any manager that they bring in based on the number of years on the contract. I don't know that Buck Showalter can relate. I'm not being ageist. I'm really not. But I've worked for an older coach. I said this uh, last weekend. I worked for an older coach, under an older coach, that he – could not relate to the to the girls whatsoever at all zero. I mean, I didn't even understand his jokes that he was making, and I'm much older than they, they were. So I don't know if it works in, in today's age of baseball, but the name I will give you, and he should be already here and already have interviewed with this Mets team, Mike Schilt. I would love to see what went down there in, in St. Louis that led to his firing, because I'm going to, Bet money on the fact that it was a a disagreement on whether or not and how far analytics should be used on that team. And I think the, the Cardinals were going to, so totally analytics, and I think Schilt wanted to go the other way. And I think he'd be a great—if that's the case, I think he would be a great fit for this Mets team. Mike Schilt, 2019 NL Manager of the Year, came in third place this year. That is a name to watch. That's a real— potential name to watch. And our friends at Town Fair Tire remind you that at Town Fair Tire, you always get the guaranteed lowest rate on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Welcome back to Danielle in the daytime. Danielle and McCartan in the midday, whatever you want to call it here on The Fan. I'm with you till 12 p.m. on this Thanksgiving day, 2021. Happy Thanksgiving to you that are tuned in. Maybe you're cooking in the kitchen. Uh, Maybe you're on your way home from the parade. Maybe you are... Who knows? On your way to wherever you're going. Thank you for making me part of your holiday. Why don't you give me a call at 877-337-6666. We've got Jason La Confora coming up at 1120 to kind of preview the slate of games for today for you and, and your, maybe your, your, your betting habits. I have to put some bets in. You know, we're going to be huddled around the TV the rest of the day today. and I, I'm in New York and I can't put bets in. You know, I don't go crazy with it. My $5 bets, that's a good one. That's when you know. I just love doing the anytime touchdown score. So Jason LaCafora will be will be with us at 1120. Also, obviously, to talk more locally, some Giants, big Giants news coming out of the Meadowlands this week and a couple Jets, a couple Jets points, but the Giants are really dominating the headlines.
7: Uh,
2: do you have a Mets fan on your holiday shopping list? I've got you covered. I saw something, came across it, some Black Friday information that you're going to love, okay? The Mets are calling it Blue Friday at Citi Field instead of Black Friday, get it? Okay, but... If you got a Mets fan uh, or someone on your list that is a Mets fan, if you are one, you're going to have to take a drive to City Field tomorrow. It's worth it because I saw that, one, they're offering free parking in Lot G. My dad would love that. And between 8 and 12, if you get there, 8 a.m. to 12 noon tomorrow, they're going to have 50% off merchandise in the team store, not online, on the team store. And if you get there between 12 and 5, the stuff in the store is 35% off. So, I mean— the best news probably is that these items are not stuck in any sort of shipping container somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. So, you'll have the items in hand. If you're looking to get something for a Met fan, you might want to take a ride to City Field tomorrow, Friday. So, I'm just trying to help you with your holiday shopping. Get it done, everybody. Back Friday was never my thing. I've never really gone out for that. I don't think it's ever going to be my thing. I'd rather just wait for Cyber Monday myself, but... Black jerseys, they will be back. Speaking of black, Black Friday, black jerseys, they will be back. The Mets will wear them all home Friday night games this upcoming season. But those, unfortunately, are not included in that sale. You guys know I love those black jerseys. I, I'm so happy they're going to be back with a real regularity this season. I have a Mike Piazza black batting practice jersey. I love it. it, it it's beautiful. And well, in 2021 the Mets were 1 in 4 when they wore those jerseys, but failure is an opportunity to try harder, right? So here's to the Mets turning around their black jersey record in 2022. So if you got if you're a Mets fan, if you know a Mets fans that are on your list, maybe you want to head out to Citi Field tomorrow. Let's head to the phone to 877-337-6666. Douglas in the Bronx. You're up on the fan.
8: Happy Thanksgiving, Danielle. You
2: too, Douglas. How are you? <laughs>
8: Very well. Um, By the way, first of all, I'm so grateful to have discovered your show earlier this year. It's uh, been a treat for uh, listening to you on WFAN. Oh, thank you. And you well engage with your listeners on social media, and that's also a benefit. So I really thank you for that, especially on today.
2: Yeah, thanks. All right, what do you got for me today?
8: Okay. I want to have a little fun. I would like to state the top five New York sports turkeys. Of the year.
2: <laughs> of the year. Okay, all right. Uh, I, okay. Across all sports, I'm trying to guess who would be number one. Let me guess. Uh, across all sports you are? In New York sports, all of them?
8: Uh, the, the major ones. I'm pretty much focusing on the three major sports. Yeah. So basketball, okay. baseball,
2: football. Uh, wait, let me guess. Is Kyrie Irving number one?
8: No, but uh, he's on the list.
2: Okay, all right. He's tell me. List. Give me your top five, okay. Douglas. Tell me. Sp- five Top five sports turkeys in New York right now. Go.
8: Number five, Javi Baez. Mm. He tanked the Mets in August. He had, yes, that uh, flourish in September, but I think that's a mirage. Me too. He's trying to swindle the Mets out of hundreds of millions of dollars. That's a guy playing Mets. for
2: a contract. You're right.
8: Four, number four. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Four, Andrew Heaney. Just think <laughs> if the Yankees pitched anybody else, they would have at least played a home game for the Wildcard game in October.
2: Douglas is number three sports turkey in New York, right now. Go ahead.
8: Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it. Yes. Not just for this year, obviously, but last year, he had to take personal days. Don't we all have personal days? (laughs) But we don't have the luxury of taking days off from work. So, Kyrie Irving, my number three turkey of 2021. And the
2: fact that he's sitting out this entire season. But go ahead.
8: And I have a tie for number one, uh, and it's A common theme in this show it's a tie Jets GM Joe Douglas and Giants GM Dave Gettleman uh, would you believe we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the Giants last Super Bowl win and the uh, New York football has only seen one playoff game since uh, and uh, these two guys have perpetuated that dreaded streak
2: horrible horrible the state of football is a sad state douglas and i thank you for that the top five sports turkeys from douglas in the bronx on the fan <laughs> i like that that's creative I, I like it but joe douglas and uh the, the gms of the football teams being the number one sports turkey i'm trying to think i mean i guess i guess what do you guys think 877 337 andrew in brooklyn you're up next on the fan
6: andrew oh, hey what's
2: Thanks. up happy thanksgiving
6: I called Sunday night and I said Jason Garrett was the worst hire um, in the history of the Giants franchise. And (laughs) my mind was totally changed when Andrew Thomas made that catch.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, How awesome. How awesome was that play?
6: It it really wasn't. I mean, I I was was so tired of so many of the gimmicks. Um, And then we go to the the fourth and one everyone's been talking about. What a terrible, terrible play call. But, yes, we got to look forward. We're happy Jason Garrett's out the door. Andrew, I don't think Patrick Andrew. Wait, Grant wait, one second, had... Andrew.
2: One second, one second. Yep. So everybody knows, and maybe you don't follow me on social media. The Giants practiced that play like two like two days before that game. The on Saturday, I believe, the Giants practiced that play. So that that throw to Andrew Thomas in the end zone, I I liked it. I thought it was creative. I did like it. I'm going to disagree. I, I mean, with you.
6: I, I like the play at the time, but it's sad that the offense has to come to sure. those kinds of plays. Yeah. Right, with, you know, Kadarius Tony making the longest throw of the game for the Giants. Right. Um yeah. On the other side of the ball, I think Patrick Graham, I think, you know, I think that I, I really got to blame some of the injuries this season. And I think, you know, losing Blake Martinez, he, I think yes. he's so undervalued of as the, the inside linebacker and the core of that defense. And he's one of the best linebackers in the league over the past five years or so. The guy's attacking. machine. About even going back, a tackling machine. Go back to DeAndre Baker, even, you know, not, not an injury, but another loss on the team. We lose you Peppers um you know hoping that we can um get an edge rush next season yeah. you know but going forward i'm really interested in thinking about or seeing what freddie kitchens does with the offense i think that everyone's trying out right now including freddie kitchens yep. um you know if you, let's see if you can get daniel jones and the wide receivers in sync a little bit yep um, get them on the same page a lot of people were talking about that um you know that missed wide you know wide open Kenny Galladay the other night. I think that that's not on Daniel Jones only. I think that that's on the offense in general and the timing and the sink yep. that they're obviously not in right now. Um, and then going back to the offensive line, I think we got to, we got to move forward um, from Gettleman, uh, the offensive line. He, he's been talking about hog molly since he got to the, since he got to the giants. And sadly it's, it's the worst part of the team right now. Yep. Um, and then again, you know, there's, there's been a lot of losses there as well. And um, I mean, you know, nowadays, Eric Flowers is starting on the Washington football team. So, um, there's so many different things that have have been a part of that, but yeah, the offensive line, I think should be the focus going into next season. Um, especially in this draft, we're not really looking at a quarterback. I don't think at this draft. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested to see what Freddie Kitchens can do. I think that Joe Judge deserves another season. I I think that he's, you know, terrific, uh, terrific head coach, in my opinion, again, the record doesn't reflect that, Mm -hmm. but you know, let's let's see what they can do. Maybe with one more season with him, Daniel Jones. I I, I still feel like he's the victim of a of a pretty poor offensive line. Again, yeah. it's hard to make some of those plays when you're, you're yeah no, again Andrew I, um, I'm shaking I'm in with your you. boots right yeah right so, Andrew I'm, I'm with you most of the day. The running game hasn't been able to support him right. either. They're all one dimensional so, right.
2: I'm with really you, Andrew, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on all that. I think they, Daniel Jones deserves another season. I think Joe Judge deserves another season. And I think the reason why they picked Garrett to begin with was the fact that, you know, in case Joe Judge didn't work out as a first-time head coach, well, then they had somebody waiting in the wings with head coach experience in Jason Garrett. That's why, I mean, I'm reading real tea leaves here, but that makes sense to me. But listen, Jones will be back next year, and Judge will be, be back next year, and hopefully with some better pieces around them, and I think the Giants' number one target in the draft should be defense first, defensive line first, in the order that you guys called. Josh in the Bronx, you're up next on the fan.
7: Hi, Daniel. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: You too, Josh. Happy Thanksgiving.
7: Uh, the caller before me, he everything on the nail. Yep. And the thing is, it's a shame, because if Gettleman goes and you keep the coach and Daniel Jones, you know, Joe Judge, mm-hmm. you know... That stability you need three, yes, just right. like just like the Jets have. You know, the Jets have settled in. You know, despite you know everybody wants Salah gone now.
2: No, I think no. That that yeah. this, that's so premature. You're going to give the guy yeah, what? How many? I, oh, Twelve weeks? Yeah, Eleven weeks? Come on. I know. Talked to on. you about
7: that yeah, before. come on. But the thing, you know, with the stability and everything. Yeah. Yes. But the it, thing is, you know, with the Jets and the Giants, you know you got you to gotta get the right people in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this quarterback, Daniel Jones, he deserves better. You know, I mean, if, if government go, – oh, man, gee. Just fix it. That's all. Just get the play. Daniel?
2: Yeah, Josh, and, I, and I'm with you. If, if you give Daniel Jones the tools, but the fact of the matter is he does have the tools. They went out and got Kenny Galladay for a ridiculous contract, but they got Kenny Galladay. I think Saquon Barkley is, is just – it's just – Brutal to watch him run the ball. Uh, I, I like Booker a lot better, and I think the Giants are finally realizing that that's the formula: running back by committee. But Daniel Jones does have the tools; he just doesn't have the offense, the offensive line for for them to utilize them. So we'll see. I, I think the Giants are going offensive defensive line in the draft. I think that that would be my suggestion to them for sure. Uh, in the order that you call, let's go, Chris in Jackson Heights. You are up next on the fan.
6: Yo, it's good to hear from you again, on the fan.
2: Thanks, Chris. I Appreciate it.
6: Uh, pretty much, I mean, with the mess and stuff like that, there's so many things we could talk about because right now they're, you know, unfortunately they're they're a mess right now. Um, something that you had mentioned about the, you know, the manager not relating with today's players.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: I don't know. I feel like that shouldn't that shouldn't even matter. Like a manager is not there to be your friend. A manager is there to 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 set a strategy for the opposing team, set up the team the way it should to win and and i think that's it there shouldn't be this thing where i gotta you know bend over backwards to to please i agree with
2: you i i agree with you but it's almost like getting along with your boss like if you don't get along philosophically with your boss right and the positions that they're putting you in then why would you want to continue working for that boss and and you're locked into a 10-year contract you know what i'm saying Like, I understand that, I get that, and I'm with you. I don't think that the manager should be the friend. The manager should be the manager, the coach, the hierarchy. But when you look at, um, you know, in in that analogy, if you have a bad boss that you don't want to work for, well, guess what? You're not going to want to work for that boss. And I think that when you look at, you know, the managerial candidates, I I don't know if Buck Shaw-Walter would be at the top of my list for this particular Mets team. I'm sorry, I just don't think so. That being said, he's got a great baseball mind. I, I can appreciate that. He's been around a long time. He's turned around a lot of programs. I think the Mets need to look for someone a little bit more, you know, relatable, a little bit more blend of analytics and and, and gut managing, in my opinion. Jason LaConfora is up next here on The Fan. Today's a Macy's Day Parade. Joining the show is Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Jason with Brian Baldinger on Baldy's Breakdowns with new episodes out every week. Just search Baldy on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and, and, and thanks for taking the time out today.
1: Oh, well, thanks for having me and happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Daniel.
2: Hey, yeah, uh, I guess the most important question of the whole time here that we're going to have together is what is your favorite Thanksgiving Day dish or side dish? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think stuffing is
1: number one side dish. We've, we've had this debate on my show. Um, and actually, my co-host and I, who are rarely in cahoots about food things, are in cahoots. Um, you know, turkey is obviously the star or the sun, I guess I should say, but for me, stuffing is the moon. Uh, You can get sausage in there. You could get oysters going in there. Uh, I'm, I'm all about it. And really like, when else do you have stuffing really other than around that, you know, around the holidays, like cream corn, you know, even the, the, the green bean casserole, like I, I, you know, it's not completely like Thanksgiving only, but stuffing really for me is, is, is what it's all about.
2: You don't do the lasagna at home, La Conforta? Oh, growing up, I mean, we
1: would have two Thanksgivings. We would have the Italian Thanksgiving at my um, at my dad's parents' house. And, yeah, that would be ziti and lasagna and meatballs and, I mean, the whole cannolis and the whole nine yards. Uh, and then my mom's side is Polish, so we'd go there and we'd have, like, a traditional turkey. But we also have, you know, sausage and, uh, and sauerkraut and guamkis and all, all that good stuff. So, Yeah. Lately, it's been my house now. Well, it's never in my house anyway. We're at my sister-in-law's house where everybody will be. It's sort of your more traditional American Thanksgiving fare. But I'm not (laughs) mad at lasagna on on Thanksgiving, never.
2: (laughs) Well, that's kind of where we're going to pick up Thanksgiving Day games. It's a tradition in most American households. I think you're crazy if you're not watching football. Um, If you've got a three-team parlay going, what combination of winners are you picking this Thanksgiving Day? Well, I, I don't, I
1: don't have all the the spreads in front of me. Uh, I, I do think this is a tricky spot for Matt Nagy and the bears. I, I think the lions can win that game outright. I think the lions are um, kind of more together right now. Uh, I think the lions can run the ball in a way that uh, can be create big problems for the, for the bears. Um, the bears are a little depleted right now and going with Andy Dalton and he hasn't practiced that much lately and I like Detroit's front four and they play, they play really hard for, for Dan Campbell. So then they're going, I don't think they're going to go winless. I mean, they should have won a few games already. So I like them there. I like the Cowboys as well. I think that could be a little bit of a close game, especially with Dallas's offensive line issues right now, you know, Tyron Smith, some of the things going on there and on and Max Crosby can, can wreck a game if you let them. But I just think in the end, Dallas is, um, too much firepower, even with the issues at wide receiver right now. Uh I, I, I think Dallas finds a way to win that football game. And I think Dallas's defense will, will hold Derek Carr in check. And that, that Raiders offense become a little bit predictable the last few weeks. Uh And then in the nightcap, I, I don't know. I have a weird feeling about the Saints. Just a gut feeling. They've been playing hard. They've been playing through a lot of adversity. Their injury report looks brutal right now. Uh, but the defense can bring it. I know they're without a lot of key points on offense, but defense can bring it. Uh, they're, they're going to be um, pretty fired up to get after it after having the ball run down their throat a week ago in a way that you don't often see it. And I, I have some questions about the Bills' offensive line, and I have some questions about the Bills' offense in general. I'm not going to tell you that first game is going to be a great game or one that you have to watch. But I think the other two games might be a little closer and more compelling than something
2: that's what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, it's a three and seven bears, the winless lines. I mean, is there, I know it's historical and stuff, but with two yeah. bad teams, I mean, it, it's not going to be that interesting.
9: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: there's probably be a lot of people who are watching this game because they're playing daily fantasy or they're, yeah. you know, they have other fiduciary uh, incentives to watch it. Uh, they've invested in it in one game or, or one way or another. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I mean, I really, again, I like DeAndre Swift. I, I like what he has going on there. But, I mean, you're talking about Boyle versus Dalton in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, it's the, – the, these teams are compromised. They're limited. Uh, there's only so much uh, aesthetic value that's going to come from their, their level of football right now. But, I mean, look, Robert Quinn is playing his backside off, and he was a nightmare for the Ravens last week in three-and-a-half sacks, three tackles for a loss. A forced fumble. He forced a couple holding penalties. Um, so you know, there's 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 some individuals there, you know who who could do some things. But there's a lot of guys who aren't playing. No Khalil Mack. No Allen Robinson. Uh, so it is what it is.
2: We around here are used to watching some pretty bad football, so it'll fit right yeah, in with what we're watching. <laughs> Odyssey NFL Insider Jason LaCanfora joins us here on the Fan on this Thanksgiving Day. The second game I think is most interesting to people around here yeah. anyway. Raiders, Cowboys. Um, it might not really matter anymore, but Giants fans will be tuned into this one. Will a Cowboy win make this week even more miserable for this Giants team?
1: Well, I mean, look, I, I you know, the Giants aren't winning this division, so I really don't know. what I, mean, I don't know what a Cowboys, you know, result does either way. Like if there are people uh, associated with big blue and their fans who are holding out hope of even a wild card spot, that's probably a bridge too far, but This game won't affect that anyway, because I think Dallas is going to win this division. Um, I don't know if they're going to win it completely going away like I would have thought in, in, you know, September or October, but they're going to win the division. But just in terms of the overall matchup, Vegas can't really move the ball right now. I do think you'll see a lot more Josh Jacobs in this game than you've seen recently. And maybe that gets them a little more balanced, opens up play action, makes them a little less predictable. But but right now, you know, it's kind of about trying to force the ball to Waller. Uh, no rugs has really left them without a deep threat. And you only have to defend certain quadrants against them. Uh, the offensive line, not very good. I think Parsons, you know, this would be another big national moment for Michael Parsons to kind of further solidify that defensive rookie of the year platform that he has. And he's just a natural playmaker. And they're going to line him up in different ways to exploit areas of that offensive line. That are concerned for the Raiders right now. So, um, but I, I think it had, you know, look, Derek Carr hasn't played well. Maybe he bounces back. There, there's, there's, there's potential for this to be an interesting football.
2: Game. Listening to Audity NFL Insider Jason Lock and with us on the fan. Um, the eight twenty game, the Bills at the Saints, and you know, before the season even started, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Tell me, I put my money in the right spot.
1: I think I picked Buffalo and Tampa myself. Uh, look, it's, 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 a legit uh, suffocating defense. Uh, have they slipped up against the run a little bit here or there? Yeah. But it, it's a, it's a really good defense. It's a very good quarterback. They, they have a bit of a playoff pedigree. Now they've been a few times. I believe in Sean uh, McDermott. I, I believe in Leslie Frazier. I believe in Brian Dable, but Last year doesn't buy you much this year, right? And they had this magic carpet ride going last year where they get up early. They come out with a 15-play script. They hit you all over the place. Your head's spinning. They're playing with a lead. The defense, which wasn't as good last year, can pin its ears back and tee off a little bit, and then the whole thing snowballs. And that's, that's not who they've been this year. It's been fixing starts, you know, nobody can stop digs at all last year. Now it's kind of like, well – you know, they don't run the ball all that well. And, you know, Knox shows up here and there, but he's been beat up lately. And let's just squat on digs and see what happens. And the quarterback's under duress much more than he was a year ago. He just is. And the offensive line isn't great. And when you're not running the ball all that well, the quarterback can tend to do too much. And you see that frustration manifest itself. Even in the Jets game, the first half of that Jets game. Josh, I mean, I know people look at the box sports. Oh, they blow them out their back. Hey! But not until Mike F. and White started turning it over a bunch and they got short fields. But I mean, the first half, they weren't on the same page. It looked like kind of what the Bills offense has been, fixing starts. So could they turn it around? Can they have it all come together? Yes. Do I also see a scenario where they don't even win the division? Yes.
2: Ah, no, no.
1: <laughs> the- well, I don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. So yeah. I
8: mean, that's the whole.
1: I, I just feel like the. It's crazy to even talk about these games before they happen because this year, even more than other years, I, especially this month, I, who knows?
2: Yeah, we're talking about the Jason Laquifa here on the fan uh, a little more locally um, for the Giants. Let's start with them. What will this Giants offense look like without Jason Garrett commandeering it?
1: I mean, maybe a little more motion, maybe a little more um, razzle-dazzle, maybe finding ways to get the ball, you know, in in Tony's hands around the line of scrimmage. Um, It's really a mess right now. And it's been a mess. and, And there were a lot of people surprised that Jason Garrett even survived last winter, let alone into this season. That's tough for Daniel Jones. You know, he's a good kid. He's probably thinking, like, I got this guy fired, you know, I it's on me. It's but but I also completely understand why they did it. And again, I'm very surprised, frankly, it didn't happen last year. But you're not able to do much now. It's it's not like this is January and all these coaches are on the open market and you're interviewing all these guys, and oh well, this guy's got this outlook and this guy's doing that, and we could blend them together. You, you, I don't think it's going to look much better. I, I I just think that, you know, I understand why they did this, but is this going to trigger a Giants offensive resurgence or renaissance? I, I don't think so. You hope Barkley gets a little healthier. Throw the ball to him out in space a little more. Again, get, get Kadarius activated a little closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, get him involved in jet sweeps a little bit. Just put him in motion. Move him around. Force people to, to try to find the matchup you like. Fight for that stuff a little bit more pre-snap. The cake's kind of already in the oven now. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. The pie, <laughs> I would say, probably. The pumpkin um, pie is in the oven. And if you burnt it, it's probably going to taste bad now through the rest of the
0: year.
2: Ooh, I like that. The uh, The perception of Jason Garrett's firing, um, is it Joe Judge trying to save his own behind?
1: Well, uh, self-preservation is uh, part and parcel of the coaching business. You're hired to be fired, right? I think Bill Parcells once said, look, they, you're, you're sitting there at three and seven. You're getting embarrassed on national television. Um, you're, you, people have been pointing out some of the, the limitations uh, of, of your sort of overall scheme and, and offensive philosophy and ability to adjust for a while. So, yeah, it it, look, I mean, it reeks of a certain degree of desperation. It also doesn't mean it it won't turn out to be the right move. And that, again, I don't think there's going to be a renaissance. Could there be certain things that get better? Could you have a modicum of improvement and finish the season a little stronger and hope that the arrow looks up for your quarterback rather than down or stagnant? Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes change for the sake of change can be good. Uh, I just think when you look at the composition of this team and, you know, Galladay just got there and they gave him all that money. You know, you got a rookie receiver, you got a third year quarterback or whatever, who's already been through sort of a lot and his head's already spinning. You don't have much of an offensive line. You know, Barkley probably feels like already there's too much on his shoulder, like all the pressure to come back for week one, if you can. And he hasn't been right for a while. And it's probably going to be a while before he fully trusts everything, you know, with the knee and I just don't know that that group on the fly is going to show you a whole lot of tangible change. Um, But if it works, you know, and if, again, comes back to the quarterback, if it looks like you now have a construct that's more conducive to his development than what it was before, then, yeah, I mean, maybe that's something in exit meetings, et cetera, that Joe Judge could hang his hat on.
2: We got Jason Lockenford with us on the fan um, and you kind of outlined it pretty beautifully just now. So wh- where does this leave Dave Gettleman in this whole shuffle?
1: Yeah, I, that's a good question. Um, that's another one where there was certainly consideration long and hard about doing something differently after last season. You know, I think it's also Dave Gettleman, like where, where is he, you know, and, and does he want another year of going through the ringer and where is he health-wise? where is he you know, mind, body, soul. Um, is it time to kind of move on one way or the other, or does he feel like he needs to see this Daniel Jones thing out? And if I just do all push all the right buttons for one more, you know, off season and one more draft, um, can I kind of leave this thing where I think I want to leave it? And and then there, obviously there's also the specter of ownership just saying, Hey, we got to go, we got to go in another direction, but, um, I think certainly everybody in that building knows that they know what ownership said when they were hired, right. And what the expectation was, and they know what they said again in the off season and what they said again, before the season started. And are they where they want to be? No. And so when you're not and things are starting to get public and you're firing a coordinator
2: mid season, then
1: yeah, I think everybody knows that their, their jobs are on the line.
2: I I kind of feel for Daniel Jones in the sense that, Now considering he's going to be the quarterback next year, probably right. He's going to have to learn his third system in four years. I mean, that's difficult. I mean, what is the giant's perspective on him?
1: Well, I think it depends on who's in control, who's in charge. You know, I mean, is it Dave Gettleman or is it somebody uh, from within who replaces Dave Gettleman or is this a complete reboot and you got a new coach and a new GM and neither one has any ties to this kid or his prior development. Um, And what do they think of this draft class? And what do they think of potential free agent or trade targets? Um, Because I I don't, you know, I don't think it would be fair. Not that it won't happen. And we've seen it happen before, but I don't think it would be fair or smart or prudent to bring somebody in and and basically tell them, Hey, when we interview you, the answer to the test is we're going to keep the quarterback and make it work. Like Jacksonville did that with Blake Bortles, right? They had a lot of people come in there, Kyle Shanahan, Josh McDaniels. What do you think are our quarterback? Yeah, no, he's not my, we got to go get a quarterback, you know, and then you got the interim guy there. Right. And he's like, Oh, you're Marone. Oh no, no. I've been working with him. No boss. He's no, no, we can, we can with this defense. We're good with boards. You get the job. I mean, it doesn't work. Hmm. So if they're smart and they do go in a different direction, coach and GM, you know, you, you try to speak to a wide berth of people. You try to get candid opinions about what they think of this kid and, and his trajectory and what's a reasonable ceiling and what, um how low could the floor be? And then you let them make the, you know, you pick the person you think is best for the job and you let them make the decision they need to make at the quarterback position.
2: Yeah. And one on the jets, speaking of quarterbacks, Flacco and white are on the reserve COVID-19 list. So it's Zach Wilson by default this weekend. Yeah. what, I guess from now through the rest of the year, considering thinking that he's going to be the quarterback, you know, the starting quarterback the rest of the season, what do you hope to see from Zach Wilson besides, you I know, the obvious development?
1: Yeah. I hope it'll break him. I mean, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he's able to play regularly, but there's obviously issues with that. I mean, uh, uh, you said it football fans in New York. I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a mess, right? I mean, it is, it is a bit of a mess when a team is that bad and you're that raw. And now him sitting and watching for whatever it's going to end up being five or six weeks. And, and you come back. How do you not have this natural tendency to think, oh, my God, I've got to, like, you know, make up for lost time and show him what I can do. And, you know, cement myself because they did opine that Mike, you know, Mike Jeffrey White looks good for another week. Like he might not lose the job this year. So with the backdrop of all that and human nature being what it is, I, I, I think. My concern is he tries to do too much and they let him try to do too much. And and then that's when, you know, bad things can happen. But they got to run the football. You just got to get back to basics and you got to be willing to run the ball, even if it's not going well. You got to protect this offensive line from itself to some degree um, in terms of what they do better than 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 others. And you got to try to protect this quarterback and just nurse him through the season. I'm not worried about what the numbers look like, not worried about what the final standings look like.
2: Uh, well, it's a little miserable here in New York, but Jason, thanks so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining me today. Appreciate
1: you. M- my pleasure. Thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
2: That was Odyssey NFL Insider Jason La Confora. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real, proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Jason with Brian Baldinger on Baldy's Breakdowns with new episodes out every week. Just search Baldy on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For the Giants fans, uh, and maybe for those of you guys who are really keeping a close eye on your bets for today on this Thanksgiving day, CD Lamb did not clear concussion protocol, and he is out today for the Cowboys, per Jay Glazer. We'll take a quick break, get to your calls on the Giants-Jets or today's Thanksgiving Day games. And this Odyssey Sports Minute is brought to you by Winters Brothers Waste Systems, Long Island's number one choice for all your waste collection and recycling needs. Visit wintersbrothers.com and this Odyssey Sports Minute from Sean Marash. I'm Danielle McCartan. I'm the fan on this Thanksgiving Day 2021 I sent out a tweet and put up a post on Facebook. My question for fans of New York sports teams only, what is your team thankful for? Make sure you tell me the team in your reply. Don't just make me guess it, okay? Or even better, tell me over the phone, 877-337-6666. We're closing out the show at 12. So very soon, up next will be Wexwoods 1's coverage of the Thanksgiving Day triple header. So back to the phones we go, and, and and those of you guys on hold, and those of you guys that are about to call in, please, 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 can we please keep it short so we know that everybody has a chance to get in, please, okay? I don't want to leave anybody out here on this Thanksgiving day. Scott in South Orange, you'll lead us off. Go ahead.
4: Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I agree with Jason Luckin for us. Stuffing is the, uh, is the side for Thanksgiving. <laughs> um,
2: Cranberry sauce, though.
4: Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> a strong, a strong call, too. Um, uh, give me a quick. Um, so... Kind of, kind of Michael Carter. He's been a real bright spot. Yeah. Um, something Jeff has been thankful for. I think it's going to impact the game that they don't have someone explosive coming out of the backfield who can at least threaten that, going to make him one-dimensional. And, you know, now you have the first thing in this game back. He's going to have to maybe throw the ball
5: 35, 45 times or something.
2: And that's not a good scenario, Scott. Right. Th- thanks for the call right. there. That that That's not a good scenario for a guy that's coming off, Um. you know, He's a rookie, first of all, so the speed of the game is fast to begin with. Then he's coming off the injury multiple weeks he's been out. The speed of the game even goes faster then, so that's not a good situation, and, and, and thanks for that point, and, and it's true. I mean, you don't want Zach Wilson throwing the ball 35, 40 times. If he does, the Jets will lose this game, and I'll get more in-depth in my analysis and predictions and stuff coming up on Saturday. I'll be back on Saturday at 4 p.m. Jimmy in Sag Harbor, you're up next on The Fan.
9: Hey, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. You too, Jimmy. Thanks. So I thought I'd take Thanksgiving to mention something I'm not thankful for, Oh no, Daniel Daniel Jones. Um, You could find any arcane stat you want about where they can complete passes. I'm sure if you look at Blake Bortles, you can find sections of the field where he was absolutely wonderful. You can find that with Josh Rosen. You can find that with Colt McCoy. The only stats that really matter for quarterbacks clearly are scoring points and winning games. Neither of which he's done. Neither of which he's done. We also all know what a great quarterback looks like. We do. We've seen, we've watched football enough. We can tell when a quarterback can transcend circumstances, whether it's injuries on the offensive line or having playmakers down, when they can lift teams, when they can drive down the field when it can't, when it counts. Daniel Jones in two and a half years has not done any of those things. He was an overreach at number six, almost everybody universally, when the Giants picked him at number six, said, this is an overreach. And in two and a half years, he's done absolutely
2: nothing to discount that. Jimmy, is a I, I, that Jimmy, you're, bring, you're bringing it. I appreciate it. But I got to let you go because I, I, we got to hit the break here. But uh, I, I just two things. One, want to tell you that Daniel Jones orchestrated two, uh, two uh, game-winning drives in the first 12 games as a Giant. That was without Jason Garrett. So I would be hopeful to see what he could do without him. I, I I understand your point about transcending injuries and all that. And by the way, I just brought up Blake Bortles's next-gen stats. He was uh, good, really good in just one of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. One of the 12 sections on the field. Just one. The rest were average, very average, or very below average, actually. A rating of 28 for one of them. So, I mean... Yeah, you could point out any, anything you want. But the fact of the matter is, Daniel Jones, there are 10 other guys on that offense that can score points. Well, technically, you know what I mean. There's 10 other guys on that offense. He's not the only one out there responsible for putting up points. He's not. Factor in the coaching and all that, and and you got a big mess. The Giants offense is a big, fat mess. More calls, 877-337-6666. Coming up on the other side of this very short, quick break.
0: Things we're thankful for. John and Susan.
2: Are these guys in a cave?
0: (laughs) The pitch is high. Happy Thanksgiving from The Fan. 1019 FM and the Odyssey
7: app.
8: Hey, this is Michelle Scalisi from
2: Security Dodge. 0% for up to 72 months and no payments for 90 days. Don't make your first payment until 2022 on all new Jeeps and Rams. Come get some.
10: Shop 24-7 at securitydodge.com during our Black Friday sales event. This Black Friday, Optima Mobile has the best deals on the gifts that everyone wants. For a limited time, get up to $300 off on the latest 5G phones. There's something for everybody on your holiday list. And with savings this good, you can even gift yourself. Plus, with optimum flexibility, you can choose the plan you want and change any time, so you only ever pay for what you need. Flexible plans start at $14 a month with 5G access included, so you stay connected on America's largest, fastest, and most reliable network. Save up to $300 on the latest 5G phones and get your holiday shopping done. But you better hurry. These deals won't last long. Don't miss out on Optimum Mobile's Black Friday deals. Check out all the offers at Optimum.com slash mobile or visit your Optimum store today. Optimum Mobile. Bigger bars, smaller bills device promotional savings applied as immediate credit toward purchase finance of eligible device. Offer subject to discontinuance or change at any time. While supplies last. 5G not available in all areas or on all plans. 5G capable device required. Oh,
3: oh, oh, when you need auto parts, OReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free Shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts.
3: You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at Home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Uh, Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable law. See dealer for details. Starting
8: stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Uh
10: This holiday season, arrive in good spirits in a rewarding Mazda sedan or CUV. Find yours during Mazda's Season of Inspiration sales event. Going on now. Al
1: Dukes here, and I love my all-new Mazda CX-30 all-wheel drive. My favorite feature is connected services. Using the Mazda app on my phone, I can lock and unlock my doors and start the car so the heat's on when I get in. Visit your local Mazda dealer for special offers or visit MazdaUSA.com. Dell Technologies' biggest business sale of the year has arrived. Step up your vision with Top Tech up to 50% off during their Black Friday event. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. Plus, get incredible savings on Windows 11 PCs, along with servers, monitors, and docks, all with free shipping. There's also special financing with Dell Business Credit. Get started by contacting your Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL.
3: Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter. exceptionally common sense
2: our friends at town fair tire remind you that at town fair tire you always get the guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires from connecticut to maine nobody beats town fair tire nobody
0: the fan is on your smart speaker to listen to the home of new york sports just say play wfan
2: to Danielle of Daytime here on The Fan in the closing minutes of the show. I asked you guys on Twitter, New York sports fans, what is your team thankful for? I got a great one that made me laugh out loud from Joe. He's WAP genius on Twitter. He goes, a high draft pick, dot, dot, dot. Again. <laughs> That's right. Both the Giants and the Jets could be thankful for a high draft pick coming up in this next 2022 draft. Okay, you guys on hold? All right, we got to make this real quick. I got about two minutes here. Ari and West Orange, you're up. Go ahead.
9: Hi, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. You too, you thanks. thanks. Yeah, I'll be real quick, especially because the guy who just called really stole my thunder. The, speed, the sooner the Giants realize they need to move on from Daniel Jones, the better. I hear what you're saying. Offensive line is a mess. I can't discount that. Jason Garrett, no defending him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we've seen a lot of football, and i got to tell you, the interception he threw to the Bucs defender, the Bucs defensive lineman, was probably the worst interception I've seen in my entire life. Yes, me too. I'm sorry, Daniel Jones cannot be fixed. As the soon as they realize that, we can move on, and we need to find a quarterback somehow, some way. That's where it all starts to me.
2: Well, and Ari, for me, and thanks for the call. I appreciate you keeping that fat, uh, quick, and we could talk more this weekend. I'm on 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 Saturday, but for for where that's where it starts with you. For me, that's where it ends. Who's going to come in and be better than Daniel Jones right now from the jump? I, I don't know if there is anybody. I, I don't know. Is there a guy that's going to blow you away from college? I don't think so. Let's go to Ben in Queens. It's going to wrap us up today. Ben, happy Thanksgiving. Happy happy
4: family day, coach. And uh, I will just say it like this. COVID completes the disaster bingo card list for my Jets. (laughs) Uh, Now, will the coaching staff and the ownership just get on the same page? It's all about developing the quarterback. and, and, And you make sure this team knows that and show up during these games. Last week pissed me off. And to no end. Thank you for the time. Enjoy your day.
2: Yeah, thanks, Ben. You too. And thanks for keeping that short. Yeah, uh, the whole message. No matter what, I, I did not want Mike White starting the games. I did not want Joe Flacco starting the games as long as Zach Wilson was healthy. The objective was, and always will be, for the rest of this season and next, develop that rookie quarterback and the guy number two named Zach Wilson. He is what is the future of this team. Thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you guys. I love coming in here and talking with you. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select to start the show, which was 10 a.m. at 1120. Brought to you by Beck You had Odyssey NFL's insider Jason Lockenford to preview the games, look at the Giants, look at the Jets. Great job to Mike Fliegelman behind the glass today and Chris LaPresti with the updates. I will be back with you on Saturday at 4 p.m. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the food, football, and family. In the meantime, you can hit my social at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan, and also on Instagram, too, Coach McCartan. Up next is Westwood One's coverage of the Thanksgiving Day Triple Header, starting with the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. A snoozer of a game, but here you are. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Sports
0: Radio 101.9 FM. FM. WFAN New York. WFAN.